The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. It's a new year. It's a new decade. It's almost February. Fuck. And the Dietary Requirements team is back, bringing you the most essential and weirdest insight on New Zealand food. But since we last spoke, there's been some big changes. Over the summer, we've added three members to the Dietary Requirements family. On December 3rd, Sophie? Yep. On December 3rd, Sophie's baby girl, Odette, was born. Another Gilmore girl. And on Boxing Day... My twin boys, Max and Freddie, arrived just over two weeks early. All three, well, Freddie's actually just been taken to the doctor. No, no, nothing to worry about, but he's just abandoned us. But Max, Odette, uh, and Odette are joining us in the studio today. And part of our discussion is actually going to be about um, children and babies and what and what they eat and you know the way they change. What adults eat as well, and a way to fix your um your life in the kitchen, and we're also going to be talking about what we ate this summer because it's the best time of the year to eat, uh, the most fun time of the year to eat, and it's, you know when all the best things are in season as well. So we're going to combine uh, those two topics for uh, the first uh, dietary requirements podcast of 2020. In the studio today, I have Sophie Gilmore and Odette. Hi, Soph. Hi. Got. Spin-off food editor, Alice Neville. Kia ora. I'm just holding little Max here and he just, just did a big fart. It's, Cute. It's, it's, I like, you know, the, it's such a dream being a newborn, burping and farting as loud and proud as possible as you're encouraged to do it. I love it how they call it, like, instead of calling it a fart, it's like wind. wind. Or instead of a vomit, it's spill. <gasps> and people keep saying to me, oh, Odette looks really long. It's like, is it just good length because she hasn't stood up yet? Maybe. Isn't that just height? I don't know if you can be tall lying down, though. Yeah, mm. I think so, as a human. And we have another special guest, Ginny Grant. Ginny is a senior food Woo-hoo! writer for Cuisine Magazine. She's a recipe developer and a food stylist. In her kitchen, there was always hot sauce to be had, a lemon to hand, and a gin within reach. She's actually got a gin I with do. her right now. Hi. My kind of gal. In a past life, Jenny was a chef working for the likes of the River Cafe in London, Nico Cafe, and Bullcott Street 
Bristow in Wellington and Delicious in Auckland. Mm. Wow, you've really actually worked in some of my favourite restaurants in the entire world. That's cool. Mm, but not for a long time. I haven't been in a kitchen, well, commercial kitchen, professional kitchen. Probably about 20 years now. Yeah, once oh, you're out, you're out, eh? <laughs> Too hot. You know, yeah. Your days of slaving over a hot stove <laughs> are done. Do you think you could raise children and work in a kitchen? Yeah, of course you can. Sounds intense, though, just because of the weird hours and yeah, the I long think, I hours. I think that they just become, well, they become like you, don't they, Soph? Yeah, you just get on with <laughs> it. I know, yeah. they're hospital rats. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I remember, like, I was saying to someone the other day, I don't have a very strong memory of my early childhood days, but I have a vivid memory of the underside of restaurant tables. I feel like I was just dragged into restaurants. I was playing on the floor under restaurant tables. Mm. I was drawing on restaurant tables. It's just, you know. I think that sounds awesome. I'd love to be a hospo brat. Yeah, it's fun. Odette's going to be one for sure. It changes you forever, though. Like you you will forever be addicted to restaurants after that. True. That's Worst not a things problem. Worst to be addicted to, though. Yeah. True. And Jenny has two sons, aged 12 and 14. Yes. Uh, she eats everything, but they've mostly stopped eating meat or stopped eating meat altogether? Yeah, no, they've completely don't eat meat. How did that happen? Um, well. The woke folk. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they were watching an episode of Mythbusters testing the, uh, terminal velocity. So that's what... Sold them. What, they watched it together. Velocity. They made the decision together and they never looked back. Uh, uh, the oldest one decided to, and I think the second one just followed on. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, cool. yeah, three years they've been vegetarian. Good on them. Wow. It was really funny watching my um, young cousin's progress towards vegetarianism. He'd be eating a sausage and be going, the poor piggy. <laughs> really upset, but still eating the sausage. Mm. Yeah. And before we go any further, we must thank our wonderful sponsors because we wouldn't be here without them. Freedom Farms makes all of the spin-offs food coverage, including dietary, excuse me, I had to burp, uh, including dietary requirements possible. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how those animals have been farmed, and they're dedicated to providing you with the best pork, free-range eggs, and they're also dedicated to the spin-offs' unique coverage of the New Zealand food scene. So show your, show your gratitude and buy their delicious products whenever you can. So, summer has gotten pretty awesome. The weather has been really, really amazing, and I'm hating it because it stops my little boys uh, from sleeping. And I felt like my summer ended before it even started. And I was meant to spend two weeks cooking and relaxing and weeding the garden and getting all those jobs done that you never do otherwise before they arrived. But then they came on Boxing Day. And that actually led me to eat some of the worst food I've ever had in my whole entire life. That's sad. So before we get to that, because I do want to have a rant about hospital food, um, shall we find out if anyone else has had a more positive uh, culinary experience of New Zealand summer? Yep. I think it sounds like everyone has, Simon. I'm more positive experience <laughs> more positive than, you. than you. Yeah, I can't be. Well, I've been loving the food everyone's dropped off, and I'm so grateful for that. But I don't think there's anything worse than hospital food, mm. which is just it frustrates me. I actually just um, don't eat it. I ate the food at birth care, and I really settled in there for four days. Ate everything four they gave days. me. People nice. were bringing stuff in, and I was like, absolutely not. I'll be having the chicken penne. And David was laughing at me like. 
you would usually turn your nose up at us. Like, I kind of feel like I'm getting into the vibe. It's a bit of an activity, like we're on a food holiday. <laughs> can't, can't you get a glass of wine at birth care too? You can. We had wine in our fridge. Beautiful. I didn't know you could aspirate yourself. The cheese toasty at birth care is um, legendary. They're actually not that good, to be oh, honest. Oh, really? No, yeah, I, I ordered one now. the night we got there, these famous toasties. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm sort of like still in shock from having just <laughs> given birth. I'm like, what is going on? It kind of felt like the serotonin had left my body, but the adrenaline was still there. Mm. So I was still kind of hungry. Ordered the toastie, massive blowout. Oh, no. Yeah. Disappointing. Well, you might have to write a review of that because it is... It's, it's infamous. It's it's it lives all over, like above men whose partners are about to have a baby. They can't wait to go to birth care and get the toasty at three in the morning. Yeah, look, it would have to be in comparison, maybe to not eating things that that make it good. I could do it in an anonymous review because yeah. otherwise, I have nothing but love for birth care. Okay, birth care for our out of Auckland listeners. Is a magical place where you get to go after giving birth at Auckland Hospital, is that right? It's Ooh, where they shunted out after two yeah. hours. Yeah, three hours after giving birth, birth, you have to go regardless of mm. what day it is. What? If you don't have any um, of what time it is, regard, um, regardless of, oh, well, no. If you have a medical issue, if you've had surgery or caesarean, you stay in overnight or if there's any complication. But um, Odette was born at 10 p.m. and at 1, p- 1 a.m., you get the heave ho. That's pretty shit. What? That's crazy. I didn't know that. No, I was yeah. pretty keen to get out of there. Knowing that you've got somewhere like birth care to go is um, awesome. We're really lucky, I think. Yeah. Because I spent eight days in hospital because um, they were born early and it was all about teaching them to feed. They yeah. developed the sucking um, mm-hmm. reflex yeah. in the last two weeks in the womb. And it was really important, again, because they were small and premature that they'd we weren't allowed to leave until they'd learned to feed properly and they'd also developed um, bottle feeding skills so that there was an alternative plan should things not go the way they we hoped at um, home. So eight days in hospital, eight days of hospital food. Oh, Did you loop. hit probably a few hours before I gave labour, uh, before labor. I gave labour, before I went, no, I was already in labour, went down to that staff cafeteria in the hospital. That was a bit of a vibe. It was It was okay. Maybe on day one it would be. I can yeah. understand after eight days. That... So December 30th is our wedding anniversary and we got McDonald's Uber Eats. Oh, uh, flash. But no, that, that, that was actually a, a welcome relief because you, we were really lucky in that my parents and friends delivered really beautiful, nutritious food. Mm. And the coffee's good at Auckland Hospital. But not is everyone it? has that option or luxury or yeah. and this is a place where you're going to try and get better and it just makes me I can't understand why you're being given such overcooked uh terrible food when your body's trying to it's put the same itself as rest time. it's just because you know the standards it's have, have, have been low mm, and feed everyone I, I do appreciate that it's a really fucking hard job to yeah. to three times a day roll out meals in that environment to that many people but it just doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't feel like it's helping anyone. I there straight up get, don't eat it. Better. I think it's disgusting. Like there was some plate of what they were calling carbonara, which is ironic. <laughs> our, li- our listeners will know that I love nothing more than carbonara. But it was like it was watery, and it actually looked like someone had vomited on the plate. And I looked at it, and it was glad wrapped. And I was like, that is just the most like it's just a strong no from me. But I eat the yogurt on the side of the piece of fruit or whatever. So easily the best thing that we ended up eating and ordering at each meal was the macaroni and cheese. Mm. Oh. And that was quite clearly from a packet. 
Yeah. Um, so, yes, that's a little bit alarming. But otherwise, can't be more grateful to all the people who looked after us, the surgeons, the pediatricians, the midwives especially, in Auckland Hospital. They um, they sent us home feeling really confident and they sent us home happy and healthy. So, shot. Oh, yeah. two very well-rounded sort, young sort men we've got here, Simon. Well, one yes. of them. Thank you. Gone. You've done well. Mm. I also like felt when I was there really aware of what a luxury it is to have a public health system like ours. Oh, totally. Like yeah. we were basically, I was in labour and we were basically given a room for the afternoon and you know it's going to take ages. They're like, this is your room. You just do whatever you need to in it. It's like, yeah, what? Like cool. we didn't even, this wasn't even a shared room. It's crazy, eh? It's very, so, yeah. very cool. Yeah. But anyway, Jenny, what have you been eating this summer? Do you know what? I've been eating not much in the way of anything hot. Just salads. Yeah. It's too hot. It has been so, so hot, hot, eh? Yeah. You know, what rice, sort of salads? Uh, you know, anything with tomatoes and cucumber, eggplant. I love eggplant. Yeah. Um, love the eggplant. Love the eggplant. Rice paper rolls. You know, I just can't, I just can't face cooking. Yeah. I've really lost completely so you don't cook components of the salad like do you do sometimes yeah yeah Yeah. i've been doing this um i got it's called jamie does italy yes so it's jamie oliver's new italian cookbook Mm -hmm. um and i've been trying to sort of cook my way through that and this is really yum salad which is made with apricots and i made it twice with apricots and i just kept feeling like i was missing something does he cook you basically char-grill apricots and thyme together mm. and then put it with mozzarella and prosciutto and mm. pink peppercorns, vinaigrette, lettuce sort Lovely. of thing. But every time I ate it, I was like, this is just gross. Wow. And then I figured out that the problem is the apricots that we have here that are picked before they're ready yeah. to be picked. They are so tart. It just almost took away from the salad rather than adding to it. So then I made it the other night with white peaches, the exact same salad, and it mm. was Bloody delicious. Yeah. See, Sophie brought that salad round to my house as a gift to welcome the boys into the world, and I really liked it. I thought they were juicy. I think you were just grateful for. And I got good apricots. Yeah. yeah, they just were not even. And to be fair, the recipe doesn't say to add sugar to them like I would have expected, toss them in honey or anything. Yeah, which right, I. Well, yeah. I suppose that comes down to you kind of tasting them first and seeing how right they are. That's what I should have done. Yeah. Mm. But then as soon as I used peaches, it was just like, yeah. like I caramelised I mean, better. I was going to say, everything caramelises. Yeah. It's delicious. I went to Lillian last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yes, were there we, last yes, week. Jenny and hey. I went last week. Honestly, who is not there? I spent oh, more I time on my feet saying hi to people than I did actually sitting down at the table. Uh, I saw more millennials than I've seen there in a There was a lot of time. millennials. They were all in I was of, the oldest person. They're, they're very of, yeah. beautiful. It's too beautiful and like white linen. It's still very good, but it's something about it disconcerting. Just so well put together. So everyone is very like... The people like, or the restaurant? So made the up. people. Not a, not a hair. What about the restaurant and the food? Right. The restaurant looks really beautiful and the food was great. Yeah, that pizza we Four had. out of five things oh. that we had mm. were bloody delicious. Mm. Yeah. What did you get? The pizza with the nduya. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we got the, the one with the zucchini and stuff. Yeah, And then we had it. the cos lettuce with the kind of quite light, fresh ranch dressing and mm. like um, um, nuts. Yeah. And then we had the peaches that were sitting on a like, goat's cheesy whip with basil. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah, and then we had, um, oh, that's it. Yeah. We had the flounder as well. The flounder was great. Delicious. Really good. Pizza's having a moment. The sourdough pizza moment. And pasta, isn't it? Or maybe we've moved from pasta through to the pizza moment. There's a real Italian moment, I think. There's there's lots of Italian joints Mm. opening up. It's, um, It's gone from being sort of 
old fashioned, cool, really cool again. Yeah. Is Lillian supposed to be French? I don't think so. I'm thinking not of Lillian, but of like Romulus and Remus. Uh, yeah, that's right by my house, and I haven't been yet. Um, of the new. What's is Romulus and Remus where Jaffa used to be? Yeah, on Richmond Road. Yeah, and what sort of food is it? I haven't Italian. Been. Roman. Oh right, mm. <laughs> that mm. seems obvious now that you mention it. Uh, and then like the what's it called in Westmead? No, oh, Waterview. Um... The place that was everybody eats. Oh. Bucatini Brothers or something like that. Oh, yeah. They're, they're like, I can't remember. Was, I haven't been there yet. Barberino. Or Barberino. There you go, yeah. Exactly. The, um, sort of put your pasta, to, you know, pick your pasta. Pick your path pasta. Mm. Um, which I don't agree with, but everyone seems to love it, and that's what's good. important. Good party portions. I thought it was, um, yeah, good enough. It was quite reasonably priced. Like it was... Yeah, I kept thinking cheap. that's a bit cheap, and then it came out, and I was like, oh, that's Giant. why it's cheap. Yeah. See, to me, it reminds me of, like, a poor execution of the pasta joint on Cuba Street in Wellington. 11.54. Oh, obsessed. Because Love that's that simple and effective and really minimal and makes ordering super simple, but doesn't let you fuck it up because you kind of... It's prescribed, as a kid, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's taking the expertise of the chefs, um, their understanding of Italian food and making it really easy for you to understand rather than, you know, we've, we've talked about this before a lot, uh, about the way that certain sauces are made to go with certain types of pasta. Mm. Totally. Um, and that, that's what I think grates me about babarino. Um, but if people love it, then that's great. Yeah. To me, it was like an awesome place to take kids. You know, mm. it was like yeah. spaghetti bolognese, like you would have made at home if you had more time that day, sort of mm. thing. It's not, it's not trying to be mega fancy. They have one beer, and you have to order at the counter, so that it's like quite a long line. And then the food comes out in the order that people have paid. So it's not like you uh, you don't get your food at the same time because you're not effectively splitting the bill. You each have your own yeah, bill. Right. I thought the ordering at the counter thing didn't really work because there was like massive queues at all times. Yeah. But maybe that's just but, yeah. good because it's busy and that's what the people wanted. Yeah. Well, there's not much out there. Mm. Jenny and I no. also went to Clay, the new natural wine bar on oh, K Road. you hipsters. We get around. Mm. Well, if anyone wants, we always want to go to the new places. We always want to go. Run us places. through the natties. The bar. Did you drink um, many of them? Yeah, we drank quite a lot of Pet Nat. Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. Very Probably nice. Uh, the Milton. Uh, Pet Nat's my favourite natural which wine. Which Pet Nat were we drinking? Uh, I can't, can't remember. Something yum. Didn't Milton? No, no, what? the Milton. I had like you glass had of that. Milton something. Labiano. Yeah. Yeah. We had a corn pizza that was yum. How do you Speaking feel, Jenny, about natural wine? I like natural wine. Yeah. But as um, are you a devotee? Would you drink exclusively natural no, wine, or you like a bit of everything? I drink a bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, mix it up. Things. I think that's the key is just to love it all if it's oh. good. Same, but I'm just I'm asking because this wine bar has only natural wine. Yeah. Mm. So you've got to be. What I would say is that I don't think that they have enough staff there to tell you actually about what you're drinking. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, they guys. kind of presume that everyone. They assume that you know quite a bit. Oh. So I'm just feeding <laughs> Max, and he's um gone a bit too hard too soon. <laughs> <laughs> He's choking like, on his bottle. Like his dad. Sounds like his dad with the beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peak too soon, Max. Yeah, that'll be an Auckland staffing problem, won't it? Mm. Oh, well, I just think, you know, if you're, um, I mean, because they've got, you know, um, an on license as well, so, you, you know, you can buy a bottle of wine to take away. 
but it'd be great to have some either some notes or someone mm. to be able to tell you. And I mean, admittedly, the night that we were there, it was incredibly I busy. Was heaving. Yeah. Heaving. And if I'm honest, it's not that hard to teach your staff about what no. you're offering. Yeah. I did a Just restaurant a in Melbourne meeting. and we only received 50% of our tips until we passed a test about the food, yeah. the oh, wine, yeah. and the restaurant as a whole, like the, nice. you know, who made the curtains, who was the oh, architect. Um, and I thought that was really clever because yeah. it made me really invest in being able to talk shit about everything that a customer might want to know well, um, because I had an incentive to do it. Mm. Yeah. And Unfortunately, the though, the attitude that you've got there is a bit of a rarity. And when you say it's not that hard, taxi dining room that you were working at is one of the top restaurants in Melbourne. So... Like, it's difficult in Auckland to get sure. staff that are keen, willing, interested and dedicated in the way that you said you were. Mm. Not that I'm making excuses. I mean, they should just bloody well learn the tasting notes, shouldn't they? Yep. Yeah, they should. And we've been very, very Auckland focused, from Auckland Hospital to K Road um, to, to, R- <laughs> to Richmond Road. Did anyone leave the city? I went to Waiheke Island. Uh, Does that count? No, of course you did. <laughs> that's it. But the, you guys did. I did. I went down to Wellington for a little bit, and I up at Whangarei Heads. Did you eat anywhere nice in Wellington? Only at my friend Anna's. Uh, Have you ever been to Shepherd? Yes. Yep. I've never been. I feel like I'm really missing something. That's oh, where yeah, I. Should, that's where Nancy go. Silverton uh, fed Dinner me. Was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good meal. So Shepherd Elliot, uh, the chef, is a very wonderful guy, and a mm, um, sure nice. And has the right vibe about food, I think. Yeah. Hey, oh. good boy. There's a lot of wind going on here. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> no, it's the most frustrating yet satisfying thing about parenting so far. Is it th- three in the morning when it takes an hour to get a burp out? Oof, that ain't fun. Mm, yeah. But when you get it out, you're so proud. You never thought you'd high five yeah, over farts like, and burps so <laughs> much. It's like he's just won a gold medal at the Olympics. He has. <laughs> um, I went to Hawke's Bay. A lot of good food there. Yes, we had a really lovely lunch at Black Barn one day. We, again, did most of our cooking at home. Mm. I really think that Sabato deserves a bit of a shout-out. Like, I went there before Christmas, and my Lord, can you drop some money? But I bought, like, a three-litre of olive oil, a whole lot of really lovely pasta, some tins of nice tuna, things, like, that I took with me on my trip around New Zealand, and... You know, like a massive jar of olives and it will last for 20 different meals. And it was just such a nice thing to have, like a beautiful vinegar and a nice um, olive oil and yeah. just bits and pieces. And, it just... and, I, and I actually think that that is the key to a good summer cooking or non-cooking is actually having a really great olive oil. Yeah. And a really yes. good vinegar. Yeah. Yes. You know, that form of vinegar is like oh mental, God, but you just is... can't go back, can no, you? you can't go yeah. back to anything else afterwards. Yeah. I think maybe we should all get that for each other as like birthday presents. It's sort of like it's venturing into the scented candle zone where it's like a bit weird to buy for yourself, like a hundred dollars. I think it's well, it's seventy five. It's seventy five dollars for the oh, for the pretty massive massive one, and I think it's forty for the small one. But I just was like, I'm going to get a bigger one, and it will last me. It does last like it lasts forever. Seriously, like six months. I mean, you wouldn't think twice about having a couple spending that on two beers for a night. That's totally. True. That's right? true. Yeah. One of my favourite things I did last year was go and pick olives at a friend's property on Waiheke and then a couple of months later got to... Have the olive oil. Yeah, and it was so delicious. Yeah. It's so different to yeah. 
the mainstream stuff you buy off the shelf. I actually like really like, you know, like when you get those real Tuscan ones and they're really kind of pepper and it catches yeah. you right at the back of the throat. And yeah. I actually Yum. really like it like that, but I know that lots of people don't. That's the only time when I would prefer olive oil with bread than butter. I hate mm. it when you get like this piddly little weak olive oil yeah, on the table like and you dip your bread in it and you're like, mm. is that? canola oil like yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have butter things and like one dunk and then the oil, oil's gone and you're like oh yeah all yeah. oh, those silly little dishes yeah. yeah and people do it with the um balsamic too and they put like two drops two of balsamic drops in, in there. yeah I don't. I wish they'd leave the balsamic out so do I yeah it's not needed if the oil's yeah. nice no yeah. I also think restaurants should provide more butter when they Give me butter for my bread. Always more butter. Or just ask for more. Well, no, I always do. I'm not afraid to ask for more butter. No, neither. Nor nor am I, but I do think that we are um, an exception and that it's it's unfair making you want to ask for more butter when you know that that giant piece of sourdough you've given Mm. requires a a thick schmear. It should look like cheese, really, in my opinion. The ratio is about right when it looks like a thick slice of cheddar. Yeah. Yeah. That's something sausage. we should investigate one day, Alice, is the um, the quarter hour cheese to cracker ratio. Mm, yes. It's about the it's best high, ratio. Right? Yeah, it's, it's the best ratio. It's all about it. It's kind of overwhelming, but I love it. No, because I like that you've got that one piece of cheese afterwards that's got no cracker. And you're just like, oh, sweet, okay. <laughs> Better than the other way around. They've obviously figured out that we'd be calling them stingy yeah. <laughs> if they didn't have enough cheese for the crackers. Mm. This is true. And that would be a cheaper way to go, wouldn't it? One thing we need to learn in New Zealand, which I learned while living in Paris, uh, <laughs> was that crackers are overrated and we should be eating our cheese on bread. We should have baguettes yeah. for cheese. Crackers but you know, and do you know I like a, a dirty cracker. But do you know what I think also is, maybe it's just because I'm like so gluttonous, if you slice um, baguette really thin... It's so much better than a cracker, but it's not like having a big slice of bread. Mm, yeah. Like slice it as thin as a cracker yeah. and put that with cheese. Delicious. And importantly, the French have butter on their bread with their cheese. Yeah. yeah. Always have butter. That is a vibe. Yeah. Always. We should do that. But do they do that? Yeah. See, we eat cheese in New Zealand like as a snack item before a meal, which is very oh. appetite ruining, I think. Look, I'll eat cheese at any time of the yeah, day. Yeah, of course we will. But is it mm. like, should we be doing that? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. I used to just bite straight into the block of cheese when I'd come home drunk at the flat. Yeah, no. Like giant ch- chunks out of the Edom. <laughs> yes. Mm. Edom. Uh, underrated. Edom underrated. I hated Edom. I tell you what is really hard. Edom is finding a, a really good vegetarian tasty cheese mm. for your children when, you know, you're going through a huge amount of it. What do you mean vegetarian? The rennet. The rennet. It's the rennet factor. What's rennet made from? Shape. Cow stomach. Stomach. Yeah. Mm. But you can get, you can get vegetarian. Rennet and it doesn't change the taste. Sometimes I think some of them don't tell you they're actually vegetarian rennet. Did your kids know this? Did they figure it out? Or were you no, like. No, I've, I've made a mistake of telling them. Yeah, I was too gonna honest. Say, come I was on, mate. too honest to them. I do occasionally am a little bit naughty and stuff. How, how do you yeah. shape yeah, yeah. your children's palate? Because that's what something I really conscious of as they grow up i want them to be you know experimental adventurous and eat everything from the start but it doesn't no, feel like it's it, something you can actually no and it won't happen and then they'll go through that really awful bland bland stage and that's just awful but i just think you know just keep trying stuff that's always my be my big thing 
And also now when they became vegetarian, I actually said, well, that's fine, but you guys eat really limited amount of vegetables, so you actually need to up your veggie up game. Up your veggie game. Yeah. And I said, you know, I, my rule is that you have to try everything. You don't have to eat it. You can always go and make yourself some toast. Yeah, that's you a know? good way to yeah. go. Yeah. There's always an out. We There's were, always that an was, out. That was the philosophy in our family was here's dinner. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Yeah. And there's always fruit in the bowl and yeah. yogurt in the fridge. Yeah. Mm. And that was like. I just remember having, you know, when I was growing up, my sister who loathed Brussels sprouts, she would be there sitting at the table for hours, <laughs> hours and hours. We didn't have a dog to get rid of it too. So was she not allowed to leave until she left? No. I had broccoli standoffs with my dad. <laughs> Lots of people had that rule where you couldn't leave the table until yeah. you'd finished your dinner. Oh, yeah, my family was just a free-for-all. I was the youngest child. No one gave a shit. I just, no. I don't know what there I are just huge benefits. My, my wife is the long, youngest child, and yeah. it's like her parents had given up yeah, um, totally. by given that up point. That. And, great. Um, you know, Millie would have plain spaghetti for dinner, just, you know. Delicious. Yeah. Nutritious as well, very nutritious. Yeah, well, as long as it has a bit of butter in it, it'll be fine, right? Yeah. yeah. So, what are Nothing. your kids? What is their favourite thing to eat that you cook them? Like, what's? Uh, well, my youngest is a real carbo loader, so he would oh, say yeah. potato gratin or yeah, a vegetarian okay. lasagna. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And my other one, who is kind of like veers towards really light, kind of how he would probably go rice paper rolls oh. or kind of tacoy kind of scenario. And what do you put in them for him? Tofu and stuff. Do they yeah, like tofu? Yeah, they like tofu. They like tofu. Um, yeah, tofu, you know, make a hoisin peanut sauce. Yeah. Veggies. Yeah. Delicious. See, that yeah. sounds what And I we want. do it, at, and I do it at the table, so that you just basically, we just chop up all the veggies and yeah. get a bowl and then everyone just, I mean, it's messy, but it's fine. You just, everyone just help themselves. They're bloody lucky having you for a mum, I tell I you know. what. I but know. they've reached that point, but the day go through the period where they're oh, like, yeah. all I will eat is... Yeah, I don't remember them being Chicken really, nuggets. Uh, no, but I just refuse to buy chicken nuggets. I just can't go there. Actually, that's some, something that really gets in my goat is children's meals are terrible. Mm. Oh. Yeah. You know, chips and nuggets or fish and mm. chips. And as, if you've got vegetarians, well, that's not going to work for them. I was talking to my sister about that, actually, who has three children aged between four and nine. How certain places will just put no effort into the kids' menu. No. They'll just be like, deep fried shit. Apparently oh, she went to a place called Govino in Cook's Beach mm. when they were there on holiday recently. And they have an amazing kids' menu and does, like, proper nice yeah. food, but in kids' form. Yeah. We yes. did quite a good one at um, Bird. We did, like... Can we hear we, Sophie at all? We made oh, it. Sorry, good. I'm jiggling the child. She's jiggling the child. Um, we did, you know, like a sort of roast meal, but it had carrots and peas on it rather than just giving them fried chicken or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Because right now, our children, uh, it's quite, it buzzes me out that all they need to survive is uh, milk. Yeah, that is crazy. Because we, we come onto this podcast to talk about food, you know, mostly in the pleasure and joy that we get from it and the fun it is to eat it and mm. cook it. And But there is a bit that we often forget about is the sustenance, the mm. fact that it is there to keep us alive. Yeah. It, I have... Um, I've been so blown away by what women's bodies, uh, <laughs> yeah, what they give humanity over and over and over again yeah. for what millions do you guys of years. Offer us nothing. I, that's what we're, a couple of male Why friends. Why do you have nipples, Simon? Yes, Simon. Well, I, I think men should be the ones who have breasts. Yeah. 
So the women can yeah. carry the baby, birth the child, and then they have to be given to us to then try and keep them alive because mm. it's not that much fun breastfeeding. Holy. Like it's really, really hard to convince these guys to yeah. um, continue to keep themselves alive. To have what's good for them. Yeah. Did you see that story about how there's a move to, to tell women to stop bre- what is it? Brexting? Brexting. Texting while breastfeeding, and I just thought, come on, like you're a prisoner on your own couch with this little oh, thing yeah, attached you're, to you. You're a milking machine. Yeah, let, I mean, there's nothing you can if do. If you can't even look at your phone, you just have to gaze at your. Bet that article was written by a man. <laughs> Actually, we had a risk, good response to it on the spinoff.co.nz by I can't remember the author's name. Sorry, but it was a good response, basically saying exactly that. Yeah, I but, guess that. It's a different time, so it seems like you're being less present. And do you know what? There is something about breastfeeding, like, I often, it blows my mind how the baby just stares yeah. at you the whole time. Like, when they're not asleep, their eyes are open and they're just looking at you. And so you do have to remind yourself to, like, enjoy Look the moment and be, <laughs> be mm. present yeah. occasionally. But shit's still got to get done. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't just schedule breastfeeding as downtime because the rest of the time you need to be on doing other stuff too yeah, yeah. yeah. and making sure you look after yourself yeah exactly. that, that's what i think is the, is the hardest part not everyone forgets about the mother mm. and the fact that a happy baby requires happy parents as well yeah, yeah and it's it's been such a fascinating experience uh becoming a new parent um but it's also really stressful and hard and there's you know the the weirdest part is putting the same inputs in every day and getting different outputs. Like there's no, um, there's no rationality or. That's what's cool about it. I think is that you have no control. So like, just don't try and control the situation because you know there's something nice about giving yourself permission to just go with the flow, particularly when you're normally quite sort of structured or busy or, which I tend to be. So you know when she woke up in the night at first, mm. we just light a candle, sit up, have a yarn, feed the baby, go back to sleep, instead of being like, well, it's been four hours and yeah. worrying about it. There's a lot of people that do get so stressed about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you just got to let it all walk out. Well, just you've just got just, calm it's, down. Yeah, yeah, it's quite an awakening that you have absolutely no control. So just <laughs> don't even flatter yourself to think that you do. Yeah. <laughs> so a good chance, I guess, for me to mm. taste Sophie's breast milk. <laughs> um... Pre-expressed, I'm not going to attempt to latch. I haven't. Uh, I, I I haven't tasted it myself. Have you tasted really? Millie's? I have. It's it's delicious. I think it's. Oh, um, Simon. Well, I don't. Well, I, that's what I want to push back against. Is yeah. Why does it have to be weird? Do you know? I, I feel know I feel weird about it, but I'm not proud of that. And I I do like we do just drink cow's milk like it's. Mm. We oh, drink yeah. all sorts of But it of feels like, like a human bodily be, fluid. Yeah. What well, is, I guess. I think that's why I find it gross. It's like a, you're drinking someone's bodily fluid. I know it's for drinking. It's just something, yeah, I'm not proud of it, but it just horrifies me. But fascinates me. So please. I've run ahead. a couple of people's, um, I've run it past a couple of people today that Simon's activity on the podcast is um, taste testing my breast milk and <laughs> comparing it to his wife's breast milk. Well, and I, I had some pretty shocked faces. I forgot. I left Millie's breast milk sitting on the counter at oh. home out in the heat. So that's a, a waste. That's uh. a waste of like nectar. Vertical, can you horizontal make, tasting. Can you make liquid like, gold? Ricotta mm. or something with it? You can make cheese from breast milk, yeah. but, uh, according to my Google skills. And ice cream, I think. Yeah, there's, a, there's an ice cream joint in London and New York that um, has breast milk flavours. 
What the wow. people are actually like expressing breast milk into an ice cream machine, and it's a, it, it is. Human I don't know if milk. they're expressing them directly into the uh, churning. <laughs> no, ice but cream what machine. I'm asking is, <laughs> it actually could be quite nice. Is it actual cool. human breast milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, just a mixture of? I mean, yeah, I no one's churning out ten liters a day. Yeah. But you can like you uh, could get um, a whole bunch of breast milk from the breast bank. You know, maybe get a whole. A lot of women to contribute yeah. to your oh. to your Mr. Whippy truck. Breast milk cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So friends of Catherine Cox has made a white Russian with breast milk. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so, but I'm just going to have it neat. Um, <laughs> He's doing it. Neat. Chill. But breast milk, I think, is delicious. It's a little bit sweet. It's Does very, it have that fat on the top? It's very fatty. The fat rises to the top like that. I've milk. stirred it up. Um, but it's. Do you want like a wine glass to pour it? Do you need a chaser? No, I don't need a chaser. Oh, my God. I can't look. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> he just drank the whole thing. Because it's not... Um, <laughs> he didn't even wince. But it's... Like, I hate the texture of uh, cow's milk. I would never drink cow's milk straight. Oh, um, really? But that's I nice thought and, that maybe you were a milk drinker. No, no, no. I, I, I actually uh, judge people who drink glasses of milk. Oh, yeah. It's okay. weird. Um, Unless you're a child. Uh, but that is... I would drink a glass. I'd drink that on ice. That was you, really delicious. If you if you were a sommelier, could you just give us some tasting notes? Yeah. Um. So the sweetness is the thing that always uh, strikes people who are willing to give breast milk a try. Sweeter than regular cow's milk, not as sweet as caramel milk. Much sweeter than uh, cow's milk, like nowhere near as sweet as like a vanilla primo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. It's, texturally, it's it's a lot more watery than you'd expect. Looks really? like it, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, at the same time, it has a real fatty creaminess to it. Oh. Um, Is there any breast milk on the roof of your mouth now? You know, it's, it's got a really... Uh, <laughs> What what is that in tasting notes when it's got a long finish? It's got a long, oh, finish. long finish. Yeah, it's um, it's really it's got a lot of not tannins, obviously, but it's coated <laughs> in my mouth. Moccasins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's it's that would be like if you could make a uh, like a chocolate milkshake with that, it would be amazing. Okay, so compare it to Millie, your wife's breast milk. Was it very similar, or was it like does each every person have their own nuance? Is it like terroir? She's like, Millie's so, like, you know. Depends on what, so, what she's laid and no, no, you can definitely Mine's a little get the, bit spiked with rosé. The Akaroa <laughs> notes in it. The, if the I'm honest. The notes, the Canterbury. Nice. I'm actually, this is quite annoying and awkward, um, yeah. but going to have to step out. Hi, this is Toby Manhire busting into your podcast to say please come and listen to our podcast too. Our podcast is Gone by Lunchtime. I'm the host and together with Ben Thomas and Annabelle Lee Mather we chew over the political issues of the day. It's Gone by Lunchtime. Come and check us out. Spinoff.co.nz Gone by Lunchtime and it's on all the podcast platforms. You know you know where to find them. Okay, so Simon and little baby Max just had to step out to a baby related appointment but the ladies will continue on. So I brought in some food today because I thought you guys might want to just try the babies on solids. Is it a t- good time for that? Yeah, cl- classic person who doesn't have baby chat because I actually, do you know what? I only found that out yesterday, Alice. I was like, when do they start solids? When do they start solids? So they? the answer was six months oh, or yeah. when they first start showing an interest in you and what you're eating. Oh, yeah. So my sister's youngest child, Octavia, was... Uh, at about four months, trying to sort of lurch herself mm. 
at everyone's spoon. Classic Gilmore girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's right into it. So I think that that's when you start. But um, I also, I'm not one of those people that's done all the reading. So yeah. I wasn't sure either. I was like, so when do I start sort of pureeing up some pumpkin and stuff? Yeah. It's like, not for a while, so she's only eight weeks old. <laughs> and is it advised to give them lolly cake and gingerbread men? Because that's what I brought along today. No. Yeah, I mean, what if, if you, you pure, what if you pureed it? Odette's currently asleep, but she does have her mouth open. <laughs> she's jamming, jamming she's a gingerbread she's man. No time like the present. Yeah. I can't believe how, um, how much of a champ Simon was with that breast milk. Wow. Yeah, we're still in shock over here. Scaled it. Yeah, he really did. Like, just without a, no qualm. No. But did, that's cool. Is he the first non-Odette person to drink your breast milk? Yes, yeah. I haven't mm. drunk it, actually. Yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about that as a family. Mm. <laughs> I mean, is that some sort of rite of passage that we should have completed before I offered it to Simon? Yeah, Probably. <laughs> did you give yours a go, Jenny, when you had I must have. I must long have. time ago. Um, yeah, it's ancient history now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I think that something Simon said that is a little bit um true that I've noticed is firstly, I will say that this breastfeeding appetite is like nothing I've ever experienced. Really? Mm. I am ravenous all, all the time. time. Really? And usually I don't have a really big appetite, I'm just a bit greedy and overeat. Mm. But at the normal times of day, yeah, this has become like meals between meals, <laughs> and so I can understand not yeah. why Simon has, Morning but tea, why afternoon tea, yeah, snacks, after dinner snack, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. mental. And it, as soon as you put the food in your mouth, your body goes, "Oh yeah, more of that, please." Right. So it's the actual quantity at each meal as well is getting yeah. quite alarming. So it's the not pla- just you. Yeah, just feeding you. Yeah, just helping this tiny yeah. thing yeah, that probably gonna... doesn't need that much. Yeah, keep it up. But Simon said that your standards lower quite a bit, and I think that's funny because I, my kind of rule to myself is always, and it's a very privileged rule to have, but it's to not eat something unless I think it tastes really good. Yeah. So yeah. not mindlessly eat, and that's because we are so surrounded, and I am so surrounded by delicious food that mm. just, it doesn't make sense to eat that and eat a whole lot of rubbish. Yeah. Anyway, so because there's so many meals happening, there's just absolutely no way you can plan for 17 delicious <laughs> meals a day. Make sure they're all delicious. So your standards really do drop. Like yeah. you'll see this morning when they came in, um, I got the podcast timing wrong. I <laughs> by, left, only by four hours yeah, or so. Four and a half, yeah. yeah. I left you with um, some snacks yeah. that I had brought. In the middle of a Fatima's meeting, we're sitting around having a chat about operational things. And I popped next door to the Early Bird Bakery right. on Ponsonby Road, which is also neighbouring Bird on a Wire, which was the original site. So you'd think I would have been in there before, but no, first time caller. <laughs> I went in and bought a bacon and egg pie, some little mint savouries, a ham, tomato <laughs> and an egg sandwich. Yum. This is at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I think that, um, yeah, I can understand that your standards, your standards drop a lot. Dropped, yeah. Do you remember that, Jenny? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. In all honesty, yeah, I'm lucky. My mum probably brought round loads of meals. I suspect. I've Good always, honor. because I'm not uh, a mother until recently. I've always kind of scrolled past all the mommy bloggers and all their yeah. tips and stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe I should have been listening. But someone said to me recently that the best tip that they ever got was to start preparing the evening meal during the day so that you have, you know, between feeding the baby and stuff, you've got yeah. stuff to do. And then it means that when it comes to... Totally. Witching hour. I, I also hour. think that um, 
the microwave, the freezer, and leftovers are your best friends. Mm. Mm. I love. We just bought a chest freezer. I'm planning to turn myself into <laughs> Nigella any minute now. Yeah, um, that's true though. But yeah, I think that um, make more than you need, and then you've kind of got something for a night where you just know you can't. Yeah, and and another um, a cookbook I was given for Christmas. Camille, who um, I work with and who was our um, exec chef at Burn On Away, did. Um, she wrote an article recently about her favourite cookbook of all time, and she's got 10,000 cookbooks. Mm. And she worked at a place in London called Books for Cooks. It's a great oh, yeah. place. Great, great For like store. seven years, and so that is a cookbook shop, but she also cooked a meal, a three-course meal every day for lunch for the people that came in for lunch, made three cakes every morning kind of thing, so... She's a total domestic goddess, and she always cooks from cookbooks. Mm. Like every night, her family eat sort of three courses from a cookbook, and there's always a cake three on the courses. bench. Yeah, she's a total. She's also my sister's good friend, and so if you just if they ever go around there for dinner, she's just like, "Fuck that was a they fuck they're good cooks because her husband's yeah. a chef too, right? Epic. A former chef. Yeah. And mm. Kyle's got like a real fetish for all of the gadgets and perfecting mm-hmm. things. So if he gets the big green egg he <gasps> will cook off that until he's yes. got every single yeah. piece of meat perfect Damn right yeah. yeah but she was um she wrote an article recently um for a project we were involved in uh, and she was tasked with choosing her favorite cookbook anyway Ooh. what she said was diana henry is her favorite cookbook author of all time mm. she is amazing i had never heard of her what yeah i've heard of her but i don't know like, she's yeah. she's got some amazing nine books. books. Yeah. And Camille yeah. said she's cooked from them. They're really approachable and easy cooking. Yeah. And her latest one is fantastic. Oh, I should that's that. the tray bake one. Yes. It's all basically you throw everything in the oven. It's brilliant. Yes. So yeah. that's what I was going to say yeah, is that yeah. I got that for Christmas. It's called From the Oven to the Table. Mm. And she's got a whole chapter on her favorite ingredient, which is chicken thighs. And I think I... I thought I was done with chicken thighs for life, but mm. I am bringing them back. Yeah. Basically, she talks about the wonder of oven cooking and the basics of it being have a few trays, have a couple of different sizes, make sure that it's quite a crowded pan when you put things in the oven so that the juices, and she's tested mm. all the recipes so that the juices evaporate to the right thickness, etc. But it's about 200 degrees, 45 minutes, do whatever you like, mm. and the outcome's oh, good. good. And so when we went to meet Simon's boys the other day, for example, I got a whole lot of chicken thighs, brushed them with harissa, sliced up some lemon, put two spoonfuls of onions and a packet of cherry tomatoes in. Beautiful. And put it in the oven, closed the door 45 minutes later. Absolutely delicious. And you can serve it with a salad in summer or do mashed potato. Yeah, in winter. In winter or polenta or, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, Diana Henry's From the Oven to the Table is an awesome book. Does she do vegetarian tray bakes? Yeah. She does do some in that book. Yeah. Is it, how new is it? Came out just before Christmas. All right. Oh, in New Zealand at least. Yeah, Yeah, right. Is she English? She is. Yeah. I think she might be Irish actually. Have you got her other books? I've got quite a few. Yeah. Not all not all nine, but yeah, a lot. Do you cook out of cookbooks on a daily basis? No, not really. Yeah, I see I would always wing it. Um oh what the one thing I do use all the time is um uh eat my books, which is Oh, uh, can we ask about oh, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's so good it's because good. if I've got an ingredient and I'm going, Oh what am I gonna do with this can't I've got no inspiration. Yeah. You kinda of just type it in and type it in maybe something else and all these things will come up. I got given a brilliant. subscription to oh, that. Oh, it's brilliant. It really is brilliant. Okay. Yeah. I really yeah. um 
I mean, the subscription was a gift about five years ago, so it's probably expired. Yeah. But no, before. you just enter the books that you've got into it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to index all your books. Well, yeah. not you have to index, but you have to, um, you know, just say that they're on your bookshelf. And, and hopefully, all. and yeah, that's it. And hopefully, most of them have been. I mean, I've got a few books that haven't been indexed. You can offer to do that yourself, but and doesn't it have? Food magazines as well? Like, it does. Yeah, like I think all the cuisines were on there. They are. Yeah. The cuisines are there. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. it's actually quite good. And you can put blogs on and, um, you know, whatever. You know, so it's I love the Bon Appetit team and what they do with food. And yeah. then there's that, um, basically, is yeah. there other sort of basic teaching people to cook Instagram, but it's so awesome. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I often just Google inspiration, which I'm sure a lot of people do. And then just click on, you know, recipes that I have heard of the author. But having, you know, all your books indexed, so you're like, I know this is this will be good. Yeah. Because, you know, the problem with Googling stuff is you'll get a recipe that's shit. Totally. Yeah. And not knowing what the reputable, like, links yeah. are. Because it's all those massive food networks that mm. produce such average recipes yeah. that come up the top of Google. Yeah. I can't believe it took me so long, but I finally got a New York Times subscription. Oh, awesome. I, sort of, I got one recently oh, too. Oh, I've actually become addicted to doing yeah. crosswords. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Time wasting. Time Everyone wasting. says that that's the best subscription to pay for. Yeah, yeah. So really good food writers. Mm. It's great. Yeah, and they do an email, I think, a weekly. But that's very seasonal, so that's, I think... Well, I it's not our season. You yeah, so it's the opposite way. You've got to so think about know. it. I think, oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm feeling inspired to get out the... What's it called? Eat My Books. Yeah, you should. Mm. Eat My Book. I'm going to do that. I'll do that with the other hand while I'm brexting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. That's breastfeeding and texting. Brexed brext hard out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, another thing we were going to speak about today, which... I am blown away by the selection, is RTDs. Alice, have you been looking into this? Yeah, so I drink 99% of the time, I drink beer. I drink a lot of beer, which you may know about if you listened to us before. Loves the beers. I, I have noticed that other people have begun drinking these newfangled RTDs that appear to be market themselves as like clean and natural I know, um, my gin says it's clean. Are yeah. they all doing that, as opposed to dirty gin? A lot of them are doing that. I like a dirty gin. some of it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> yeah. Some of it doesn't seem to be based on much. But I think the idea is to get it away from the RTDs of yore, which, you know, is what, sugar. Remember, what is the sugar. point nice is that they're not so ridiculously sweet. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I then, think we're all looking for drinks that are not full of sugar, mm-hmm. that are not water. And I think that... Yeah. Alcoholic that applies to alcoholic and non-alcoholic yeah. drinks. That's yeah, why, so like, people have been drinking vodka soda for ten years, as though that's the only thing you can drink that's low calorie mm. but still gets you boozy. Yeah, and I can't stand it. It doesn't taste like anything at all whatsoever. Yeah. No, a lot of the so we I decided to get in a whole bunch for tasting, and I knew there was like pals and part-time rangers and a few others. Um, which one should I try now? Ended up getting 29 different RTDs to taste, which was quite overwhelming. 29? Yeah, from like 10 different brands, all New Zealand brands. Lots of them are vodka, lime and Yeah, water. a lot of them, as Alice, who is recording, the other Alice will attest, just tasted like nothing. Like, And I find it quite scary because they're quite boozy, yet they literally just taste like... But actually, the vodka, the vodka ones are the nicest ones, I yeah. suspect. Oh, yeah, that one tastes like soda with a twist. Mm. Yeah, so 
but it's it's a hard one. The it's a hard story, shake. the <laughs> results of our tasting will come out, I think, late next week. Um, so I won't reveal who did well. But... I, I was quite surprised when we went to the cricket the other night. Yeah, <laughs> how many people were sculling back? Sculling back. RTDs. Uh, the RTDs Outside. on the way yeah, to Eden Park. Too. Yeah. Imagine if, well, I'm just thinking if they're big here, imagine mm. Australia where everyone's just trying to maximise their muscles all the time. Yes. All the lads, lads, yeah. lads just sculling RTDs. And it's so fucking hot. Yeah. I remember in Dunedin there was um, one RTD. Oh, Smirnoff Black was oh, yeah. what all the rugby players drank because yeah. it was like 7 or 8%. Yeah. Um, and had, you know, wasn't yeah. as... A few years ago, they some new regulations came out where I think the ones that were like eight percent are now they can't be. There's some, I think seven percent is the highest, maybe. So why can beer be eight or nine? Um, don't know. It just can because it's beer. Because it's beer. Yeah, right. But I mean, well, I think because maybe because RTDs are slightly more RTDs. I suppose are kind of targeted at having multiple binge drinkers, younger drinkers, whereas the nine percent beers. Is for, you know, old craft beer nerds like me. Yeah, I'm sure a few binge drinkers in Dunedin don't mind a 9%. Don't, don't mind the old hoppy 9%. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. I guess they're also expensive. Like, RTDs can be quite cheap and get you fucked up for 9%, whereas who's going to spend, like, $20 on a True. 9% yeah, so that is a bougie, a bougie session. Yeah. That is a big session. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was very eye-opening. They tend to be heavier too, don't they? Mm. Yeah. And you can't sort of smash them back as easily. Hey, um, one thing that I thought we could discuss that alluded to me the other day was, don't you think that good cooking is about, I mean, obviously it's about having nice ingredients to start with. That's always mm. really helpful. Um, the skill set of the person cooking, great. That's also helpful. But I think it's actually all about the sauces and the dressings. Yep. If you think about the difference between what people cook at home yep. and what why they go to a restaurant, mm. quite often it's the sauces. Yeah. sauce. It's the salt, it's the fats. Yep. Yeah. Acid yeah. heat, as one and so, wise yeah. woman once said. <laughs> when I was thinking um, <laughs> recently about what cooking classes we could run at Delicious Business this year, yeah. I was like, we should just do one on sauces. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Because I've been making um, zug, which yes. is just yes. delicious. Um, is it Iranian? It's something like that. It's some, okay, somewhere in the Middle East. Yemeni? Yeah. Um, it's oh, Yemeni. Yeah. It is. It's, it's like a Yemeni salsa verde or chimichurri, right? Yeah. So you put um, yep. curry, a whole bunch of coriander, some green chilies, and some cumin in it in your mini whiz with um, olive oil. Yeah. And it is so delicious. And yeah. you can put it on fish, on meat, use it as a salad dressing, yep. and it makes everything taste great. Yeah. And then the other day I made tartare at home. Like, just mm. make, use your mayonnaise and yeah. then put. Yeah, some gherkins, and, gherkins capers, and capers, in. some shallots, yeah. some, you know, and it just makes your fish and chips take it, taste amazing. Yeah. yeah, it makes. I just sort of thought, yeah, do a sauce class. I'd go to that. Yeah, what are your favorite sauces? And like team? a well dressed salad is yeah. so important. Yeah, and some people just don't get it right. This is true, and I, you know, it's easy to kind of over. You don't you put too much on, and then it's like, well, I've yeah. fucked it now. Most sauces that are pre-made are disappointing. Yeah, totally. Very. You just need to get the bougie vinegar, don't you? But yeah, mm. you do need that. And then you need nothing else yeah. ever again in your life. Yeah. It just gives everything, you know, nothing. The acidity kind of is just edged off a little bit, mm. which is lovely. What's everyone's favourite sauce? Um, Summer sauces, go. 
Jenny, you go first. I'm thinking. I am a f- huge fan of a salsa verde yeah. myself. Oh, yeah. Also, or a salma riglio. I've got loads of coriander in the garden. Not coriander, oregano at the moment. Salma riglio. So, you know, it's where you pound up garlic and either oregano or marjoram and best, best Mortar with the mushroom. Mm. So, as most things are. Yeah. We then because yeah. it smashes rather than cuts. Yeah. Mm. Kind of amalgamates a bit better. Bit of lemon, bit of oil. Yeah. It's just easy. Delicious I've never fish. had that. Really? Never in my life. Oh, Unless it's been called another name. Might be called something else. Like a pounded oregano sauce. Yeah. Sauce. Okay. Sauce. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that's Great delicious. with everything. I have a piece of feta over whatever. Yeah. Halloumi. Salmorillo. Salmorillo. I also got given Anna Jones' um, new book for Christmas. And oh, yeah. And made this really yummy. I got that, I think. A, a whole cauliflower and you, in the mortar and pestle, yeah. I think this goes um, Yeah. Olives, she's she's herbs, quite garlic. good, I think. Yeah, because I think also she, I like the way that she kind of, which I think, you know, people like us who kind of cook quite a bit know instinctively. But lots of people are really scared to take a risk on something. Yeah. yeah. And she kind of totally. spells it out like, you know, put something, put your carb, and that could mm. be a lentil or whatever, or your protein, or your kind of something crunchy. Yeah. Something a bit soft, yeah. something kind of spicy. Yeah, you she know, does like, those make trips, yeah, and it's like, put something, yeah. here's your base, choose something yeah. crunchy, choose something. Which I think really good cooks just tend to do anyway without thinking about it too much. Yeah. But yeah, for, for me, it's, yeah. Her, I think she does a tray bake chapter actually. This is like, yeah, choose mm. something like this, something like this, something like this. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, acidity is so important when you're yeah. making, particularly with like roasted vegetables and things like that. If you put something over them that's got mm. a bit of acidity in it, mm. like if, even if it's a creamy dressing, it just makes such a big difference. And, yeah. and you often find that when you're cooking for people, I think that those mini wizards, you can actually get them from. Came out where it's like a lawnmower, you pull the string. Oh, yeah. oh those ones, yeah. yeah. And and so you can literally just yeah. throw a whole lot. One of my friends said to me at New Year, but all these sauces you're just whizzing up, like we, we don't cook like that, we don't think of it. And, no. like, and so I explained to her, literally it will emulsify, you just need to yeah. use some acid, some fat, and yeah. you know, you can use mustard or uh, even, honey. even your, you know, your ninja bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, same you thing. totally use that. I have a mini whiz. The um, I had three. I've got my mini whiz. I had three Nutribullet sauces going in the fridge. And it makes it easy because you don't have to get out. I think if people are it's like admin. don't want to get out their big food processor, which is fair enough, mm. but when they're little one, yeah, and whisking all day is yeah, fuck that. painful. So I'm all in favour of the mini whiz and make yourself some delicious sauces. Yes, and maybe doing, we'll show you how. Yeah, I've been doing quite a lot of tahini. Kind of sauces. Tahini is one of my favourite. I just really like things. tahini and just chuck in some olive oil and some lemon juice and anything. You have to else. thin it out with ice water, don't I you? I put a bit of water. Any water. In. Yeah. Any water's fine. And why do all the recipes say to use ice water? Uh, I just tap water. I couldn't be bothered t- like <laughs> testing why in case it yeah, like yeah. split and it was oh, just fine. a real faff. So I was like, fine, like using all this ice water. But yeah. can you just use normal water? I just, use, normal water. I just use normal water. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't even really need to add anything to that, no, do you? Exactly. Right. Yeah, I'm tahini's yeah. delicious. Yeah, yeah, tahini's tahini. great. I love the way it kind of, you know, chemistry on a plate, kind of, you know, add lemon or something into it, yeah. and, or a yogurt, it really just thickens and yeah. seizes up. Yeah. And then you loosen it down again. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. Yum. Yum. Well, let's get together and make a sauces cooking class, guys. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll come. Cool. Well, cool. unless anyone else has anything to offer. Odette's still asleep, which is going really I well. I forgot but... she was even here. She's an angel. Thank you. She yeah. is. 
She also speaks French. Does she? Yeah, she just oh doesn't la want to show you yet. Très intelligent. With that name, how could she not? Yeah. Exactly. Have you taken to her to Odette's and City Works Depot yet? I haven't, but the lady, um, I took her to Christchurch with me on a little overnight work trip yesterday, oh. and the um, air hostess was obviously a big ballet fan, and she went, oh, Odette, the white swan. Oh. And that was actually just the name that we liked, and then I looked it up later and realised the ballet connection. I don't know anything so about the ballet connection. Turns out I'm some sort of uber ballet I'm fan. Some fancy lady. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Jenny. Yeah. Oh, thank thanks you. for having Great me. Great having you. Thanks. We'd love to have you again. And thanks to Alice Anytime. for um, recording. Tina's away in Bali at the moment. Lucky Tina. Thanks, Alice. And yeah, um, yeah just just one more time, like to give Simon Day some props for the absolute yeah, composure he composure. demonstrated. Although he doesn't even think it's a big deal, so Let's maybe we shouldn't mention it. Yeah. No. Cool. See All you right. in. See you next February. Kakite. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.